Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. What's up, everybody? Thanks so much for joining me today. I just have one quick announcement. I want to remind you that coming up on May the 31st is water baptism. So those of you that are ready to take that next step, we'd love for you to go to our website, livereallife.com front slash events. There you can sign up for baptism. You can choose your time slot as we are going to continue to keep things safe and secure. But we want you to have an opportunity to take your next steps in water baptism, being able to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also being able to display to the world what God has done on the inside of you uh, in this season. And so if you've recently given your heart to the Lord, or you have come back to the Lord during this season, or you've never been water baptized, we'd love for you to experience that with us right here at Real Life Church. We are continuing our series today called Made Ready, and uh, we are on part two. And uh, this week we're going to talk about the second characteristic of how I feel God is really showing up in this season in our lives. And that characteristic is this, God as our trainer, learning to grow through challenges. You know, I had a, I was looking at thinking of God being our trainer. And I don't know if you've ever been to a trainer or not. I, I went once, maybe twice to a trainer and uh, the trainer, they stand there and they're intense and they have, you know, I picture God with his ball hat on and his whistle and his clipboard and, and uh, this voice of, 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 Hey, encouragement of, of, Hey, in the middle of this, this challenge, just keep going. And so like, you know, when you're with a trainer, they're very, um, some trainers can be very uh, excited to be with you. They can be very stern. They can be very uh, motivating. And so I think about that from God's perspective, like God's not up here trying to judge us. God God's not up here trying to put us down. God is our biggest cheerleader, man. He is there cheering us on through this. He's cheering us on through these challenges that we're facing. And we're going to look at the life of Joseph, Joseph and how that allowed uh, that motivation as God as his trainer. And using the situation with uh, his brothers, with uh, going being sold into slavery, and how God was going to use those challenges to make him. And so uh, make him ready for the plan and purpose that he has for, the, for him. And so I looked up uh, military uh, basic training. You know, before you go into the military, they, they take you through basic training. And each branch is very different in the time frame by which you go through the training. But we all know that a, a recruit or somebody brand new into the military is not ready for war. They're not ready for battle. They may have never shot a gun. Uh, they may not have been, been through the physical uh, side of training, uh, preparing themselves for war. But that's what basic training does. You know, you're not ready for it but it's preparing you for something. So it's the process to prepare you for war or for battle or for to serve as a good soldier in the military. And you know, basic training is simply this, and a lot of times it's, it's, it's called boot camp. And basically basic training is it prepares re recruits for the elements of service, whether that's physical, whether that's mental and emotional. And it gives service members the basic tools necessary to to perform and prepare them for the roles that will be assigned to them in the duration of their tour in the military. In other words, it is something that will uh, eventually they'll have an assignment, but basic training prepares them for that assignment. And so each of the services, again, they have different training programs that prepare each kind of soldier uh, 
but at the end of the day, it prepares them for a future assignment. And that's what Joseph was experiencing. He was going through these challenges. He was in his basic training days. And I really feel like that's what God has done with us over the last nine weeks is he's really prepared us and put us through this basic training, through this training time, through this challenging time, preparing us for a future assignment that he has for our life. You know, uh, when it comes to basic training, it's an intense experience. You know, you have somebody in your face, you have your drill sergeant, your trainer that's in your face, they're constantly pushing you. And the goal of basic training is to break you down. It's to break recruits down, it's to break old habits off, it's to give new patterns, it's to break off old work, work ethics. And, and through basic training uh, in the military, it's an opportunity for you to be broke down. It breaks you down physically uh, through exercises. It breaks you down mentally through the classroom. And, and really, boot camp really is a mind game. And, you know, when we're going through challenges and difficulties, we don't really realize that God is using those challenges to train us, to prepare us for the assignment that he has in front of us. And so, you know, boot camp is, is a mind game. It's designed to take a civilian out of you and replace it with a top-notch military service member. So God is the same way. God wants us to take the, the natural civilian attitude out of our lives. How does he do that? He takes us through some challenges. And our perspective of challenges can be that of, and we'll get into this a little bit later, how we navigate a challenge really is up to our perspective. You know, you don't make excuses during basic training. Well, it's too hot. It's, it's too hard. No, no, it's, it's yes, sir. And I'm ready, for, I'm ready for whatever's in front of me. You know, you don't argue with the drill sergeant. You don't argue with the trainer. No, you accept the fact that you signed yourself up for this. And there's a future assignment that they're preparing you for. So you don't argue with the drill sergeant. It's yes, sir. It's yes, ma'am. It's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm going to tackle everything that's in front of me. And, and so that's the same way when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to challenges. When, when we start to recognize challenges have a purpose, that the challenges can either grow us or we can allow the challenges to paralyze us. God wants us to take those challenges and he wants to use those challenges to develop us and grow us. And in basic training, you do exactly what you're told to do. You know, I wonder through challenges and difficulties, how many of us argue with God? God, why are you taking me through this? And you start to question God. You start to wonder if this is really what God has for our lives. And I think about that from, from just our relationship with God. I really believe this, that true preparation requires challenge. You can't effectively navigate the destiny that God has in front of you and the assignment that God has on your life without preparation. Preparation always requires a challenge. God, in his uh, will for our life, he takes and he weaves challenges into our life with a goal. The goal of challenge is not to just leave you broken and leave you at the bottom of the barrel. No, it's to develop you. So God weaves development into the challenges of life. You know, challenges allow God to add to you things you are missing that you that will be needed for future opportunity. I Listen, I've never led through a pandemic. I've never led through something like this. And I know as a leader, there's things in my life that are missing. I'm not a perfect leader. I'm not a perfect person. And we all have things and blind spots in our lives 
that are missing? Well, through the challenges and through the opportunities that is in front of us and what we've been through, God has taken this moment and added some things to my life that will be used for his future purpose. It will be used. It's been challenging. It's been difficult, but it's been necessary. Now, let me caution you today. For those of you that think you have it all together, for those of you that think you have everything you need for your journey, you don't need to make adjustments. Uh, you don't need challenges to develop you. You need to be very careful because the Bible says this, pride comes before the fall. So you can look around the corner and see your fall if you're not careful. We have to understand that God takes these seasons and he takes these challenges and he adds to us the things in our life that is needed in order for us to achieve the things which he has for us in our life. And so we need to stop asking God when it comes to challenges Challenges that are meant to grow you, we need to ask God and we need to stop asking God, better said, is to stop asking God to rescue us from the challenge and embrace the process in the challenge of him strengthening us while we walk through the challenge. That's a lot to say, but let me say it again. We need to stop asking God to rescue us from the challenge, even when it's difficult, and embrace the process of him strengthening us in the challenge, you know, resistance and challenges are necessary for growth. When you lift weights and you go to the gym, the idea is that the weight is to create resistance. You can't develop muscles properly without resistance. And as that resistance comes and the level of weight that you're able to do, when that weight comes, it, it creates a resistance. It breaks down your muscles, takes them to fatigue, but that's the only way you're going to get stronger. And so let me encourage you, if you're at the place of fatigue, if you're at the place where you feel like, man, I don't have much left, let me encourage you today that maybe that resistance is designed to grow you, not break you. That resistance is designed to take you to another level. So Joseph, here's Joseph, he's the dreamer. God, and let's just kind of recap a little bit. Joseph, God gives Joseph a dream that, that his, his bundle will, will, will rise up and, and, and his brother's bundle will bow down and he will become the leader of the nation. He will be the, the leader uh, along the side of Pharaoh. Well, Joseph has this dream, shares it with his brothers. His brothers hate him. They plot his death. They say, hey, let's just tell dad that animals ate him and here's his coat and it would be the end of Joseph. Well, Listen to what Genesis chapter 37 says. It says this in verse number 18. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Now, that's some serious dysfunction. <laughs> you know, you're, you're coming up onto the scene and your brothers are over there plotting how to kill you. He says this, here comes the dreamer. They said, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns. We can tell our father, a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Man, what, what a deception. What a, what a thought. But when I, when I read this passage, the thing that comes to mind when I see this moment is that God is in control of our dreams, not man. Listen, man cannot stop the purposes of God fulfilled in your life. The only way that man can stop the purposes of God in your life is if you allow him to stop, him or her to stop the purposes of God in your life. Listen, sometimes the enemy wants us to think this way. 
If my boss would recognize me, then I would be promoted. If my spouse would just change, then I could move into the destiny God has me. If my coach would just notice me. Put me into the game, coach. You know, I'll show you what I got. If my coach would just recognize if they would just give me a chance. Those are all things that the enemy wants us to think when we're going through challenges. He wants us to put our dreams into the hands of man. Why would we put our dreams into the hands of someone that never, first off, initiated the dream, secondly, not going to provide for your dream, and third, never going to be able to complete and help you complete that dream all the way to the end? Listen, don't allow man to steal your dreams. Man cannot stop the purposes of God in your life. Listen, God knew the difficulty that me and you were going to face. And he has a plan to either deliver us from it or to strengthen us in it. In the middle of a challenge, in the middle of a difficulty, God knew what we would face. And his plan is either that he would deliver us from it or he would strengthen us in it. So let me give you a few things concerning Joseph in the season of God being his trainer. Number one, your dreams are in God's hands. When we know God has our dreams, when we know God has our purposes in his hands, we can stop blaming man for our current reality. We can stop looking at man and we can start to embrace God's process and development for our lives. And when we take a moment and we embrace God's processes in our lives, and maybe he hasn't delivered us from some things. And if he hasn't delivered you from it, that must mean he's going to strengthen you in it. And if he hasn't taken you out of the race, he's probably standing there with his stopwatch and his clipboard and his coach's hat. And he's saying, come on, baby, run harder. Come on, baby, put your nose down. Look at the prize that is in front of you. Stop living in depression. Stop living in oppression and start moving and understanding that God has your dreams and your purpose in his hand. Listen, I believe the only person that has the power to stop you from fulfilling your dreams is you. When you believe others in the bad report of others, and you take the, the, the opinion of man and place your dreams into the opinion of man and your purpose into the opinion of man, when you do that, all of a sudden you have a tendency to forfeit your dreams. Genesis 37 says this, verse number 21. But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him, he said. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern, which a cistern was a well with no water in it, here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful coat he was wearing. Then they grabbed him, threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders 
And after all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were, who were Midianite traders, came by Joseph's brothers, pulled him out of the cistern, sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Now, in our mentality, we would say, thank God his life was saved. Thank God that he came out of that challenge and, and he was not in the cistern anymore and, the, and his brothers weren't going to destroy his life. But instead, his brothers thought they were selling him into slavery and they could get rid of Joseph. They could get rid of his dream. They could get rid of his purpose. But in, in the meantime, God is saying, yes, please, Sell him into slavery because I have a plan of development that I'm going to develop Joseph. And the purpose and the dream that I gave Joseph is intended for him to rule and reign as a leader in a nation that would be filled with famine. And one day he would be the supplier. He would be the one that would deliver the goods to the family that was in need. See, God accepted the challenge. And so Joseph may have not understood this process, but what, listen to what Genesis 39, we're going to read down here. He says this, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh. So the ultimate dream was that eventually Joseph would rule next to Pharaoh. So what God was doing is God was putting Joseph into a position where he could develop. The things that were missing in Joseph's life were going to come through challenges and through those challenges of learning how to lead, learning how to observe the language, learning how the people interacted. All of a sudden, God was going to add things to Joseph's life that he would not have been able to experience and be added to his life had he not went through this process. Now, God was making him ready for his plan and purpose. And it says this, the Lord was with Joseph. In other words, Joseph hadn't turned his dreams over to man. No, God had Joseph in the palm of his hand, right in the middle of this challenge, right in the middle of being uh, purchased by Potiphar, uh, the, the Egyptian, right in the middle of this, God was with Joseph. God didn't leave Joseph in the middle of the trial. God didn't leave Joseph in the middle of the challenge. No, he was going to develop Joseph because the dreams were not Joseph orchestrated. They weren't orchestrated by man. They were orchestrated by a supernatural God that has a supernatural purpose for each and every one of us. And if we don't let man get in the way, if we don't let the challenge get in the way, God will fulfill his purposes in our life. It says this, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Notice the posture of Joseph. It says he served in the home of his Egyptian master. He didn't complain. He served. He took on the form of a servant. Listen, as he served Potiphar, as he served uh, his Egyptian master, he was learning through the process of serving. And as he was learning, God was adding to future characteristics that would be needed, future strengths, future skills, future knowledge that would be used as he stepped into his ultimate purpose. Number two is this. We have to understand between calling or purpose and commissioning is conditioning. Between calling and commissioning is conditioning. We don't like conditioning. That was one of the worst things. I, I didn't like conditioning in high school. When I played basketball, 
you know, we'd have to run these things called suicides. It would be line to line. Line to line, suicides, you know, all the way up and down the corner. You go baseline to the foul line, from the foul line back to the baseline, from the baseline to the half court line. And we would constantly do that back and forth. Well, it was conditioning. It was preparing us for the game. That as we prepare ourselves for the game in conditioning, it would allow us when the fourth quarter was on and there was two minutes left, that we would be able to sustain an energy that we could not sustain without conditioning. But a lot of times in our lives, when it comes to our purposes, we want them to happen overnight. Our calling or our purpose, again, is what God has created you to do. The commissioning is that, that, that as God commissions you into the next level, that as God commissions you in this life, he takes you through conditioning. You know, a personal story of mine was um, I had been on a church staff for two years when I first came out of Bible school. And we had some, there were some things that had happened. So I left the church and I left the staff and I went and I worked construction. This was two weeks, two weeks before we were going to have our daughter Madison. And I decided that I was going to go work construction. And so I went for six months and I started to work in construction. And so I was faithful the first day. I hated it. I came home. I was like, there's no way I can do this. My wife was like, get your butt off the couch. I know it's hot August Ohio weather. I wasn't used to that kind of, of work. I wasn't used to that kind of heat. And, and I was working in ministry and I was sitting in an office or I was meeting in a school with kids. And, and, but I wasn't used to that. And so it took me time to condition myself for the moment. So I started getting used to it. And, and to be honest, you know, I struggled using the saw. I struggled using the drill, you know. And, but, but in this moment, I learned over a six-month period how to do it. And, and I was still a grunt at the end of this thing. I would take, you know, the plywood and lay the deck. I'd, I would, I'd be able to lay, uh, uh, build houses with my uncle. I did that for six months. There was times where I was like, man, this is ridiculous. I don't like this process. I'd come out of ministry. I wasn't used to it. But in this process of six months, God began to put something on the inside of me. So through the faithfulness of six months, God, at the end of six months, I landed a job where I was working in a youth center with young boys, 12 to 18 years old. It was a last step program before juvenile prison. And I was supposed to have a degree to work at this place, and, and God really just supernaturally moved, and I had favor with the, with, the, with the owner and the director, and they waived my degree, and they brought me on staff, and I worked second shift. And then I worked second shift for, four, for three years at this place. And as I worked there for three years, it was, it was an opportunity that there was things in my life that God was going to add to it. God was going to take this moment, and he was going to add things in my life. I would deal with difficult people. I would deal with people that were complainers. I would deal with kids that didn't understand and how to, they broke the rules. I, I had to deal with uh, learning how to run groups for kids. I had to uh, speak in. Uh, uh, I had to speak with counselors, and I had to speak with psychiatrists, and I had to deal with corrections officers. I had to deal with parents that didn't show up for their kids. And when I look back at that process, I think to myself. God, you weren't just creating frustration. It wasn't just a challenge. It was an adding to in the moment that later on in my life that I would begin as I went into ministry again, that I would start speaking in public schools. I would be able to take the things that I learned in the youth center and we create favor with principals and superintendents. And I would be able to go in and I'd be able to talk their lingo. I'd be able to say things like behavior modification. I'd be able to say, I'd be able to run groups with kids. I'd start mentoring programs. Everything I learned in, the, in that moment in the, in the corrections facility, I used when I went into ministry to help reach kids. 
And I want you to understand that I could have taken that as a bitter moment. Why not in ministry? God, why aren't you using me for my ultimate call? It would be kind of like Joseph. He would be complaining through the whole process of being sold to Potiphar's wife, eventually being uh, uh, into prison. L listen to me today. God is going to take those moments, and he's going to add everything that we need for future seasons. If you despise the season you are in, you will stop the process. If you begin to despise the season that you are in, you will stop the process. I was learning how to trust the trainer. He was getting me ready for a day that I would be leading during a pandemic, having to stand behind a camera and not in a room with, filled with people, but I would have to deliver a message of hope and deliverance and freedom during a time and a precedented time that we've never had a, I've never had the opportunity to live through this. And most haven't or lead through this. But God has taken over the years and I've, I've trusted the process of God being my trainer and allowing him to condition me through the challenges. Number three is this. We're focused on our destination. God focuses on our development. We're focused on the end result and God is focused on our development. Genesis chapter 39, 3-4 says this, Potiphar noticed this and realized the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. This was just a portion of the dream. God put him into a place where he would learn this would be his greatest training ground was being Potiphar's personal assistant. He would learn how to lead. He would learn what teamwork looked like. He would learn what adversity, how to deal with adversity, how to deal with conflict with people, how to conversate, how to communicate, how to lead, how to, how they'd learn the language of the people. He learned so much in this moment. But if he focused on his destination and didn't realize that God was developing him in the moment. So maybe it's a boss that you have. Maybe it's a coworker that you're working with. Maybe it's a family member and you're like, I can't stand these people. Listen to me. God is using people around you to develop you. God is putting you in position to train you and develop you for a destination. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. And number four is this. When it comes to God being our trainer, when it comes to the challenges of life, there's two kinds of problems. There's problems that stop you and those that strengthen you. And if you allow the problems and the challenges to come to stop you, you will forfeit your ultimate destiny and purpose in this life. But let me encourage you today that allow the problems and challenges in your life to strengthen you. So how do you do that? How do you know which one is which? It's your perspective. When it comes to challenges and problems, if they stop you, it's based on your perspective. If they strengthen you, it's based on your perspective. Your perspective tells you exactly how to handle each challenge. What this challenge can do for me, I love this quote, says this, the pessimist complains about the wind, the optimist expects it to change, the realist adjusts the sails. In other words, it's all about perspective. It can be this challenge is going to take me over, or this challenge is going to be the stepping block that God is going to add everything I need to my life, and it's going to be the stepping block to the next level. Oh, it's a pathway to destination. It's a pathway to purpose. And so don't despise what God is doing. Don't allow the problems to stop you. Allow the problems to strengthen you, because life really is 
a matter of perspective. You know, I heard Judah Smith say this. He said, perspective is that, is that there is God and you are not him. Come on, somebody. When it comes to your challenges, when it comes to your journey, when it comes to God being your trainer, over these last nine weeks, God has wanted to add things into your life, and he's going to continue to add things into your life. You must understand that the perspective that we must have is that there is a God, and we're not it. We must trust him in the process. We must embrace him making us ready for battle, making us ready for war, making us ready to win the loss, making us ready to, to excel in that career. Listen, Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 37 says this. Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish us from his love. He says this. He says, troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions and depravities, dangers and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder op, op, omnipotent love, even though it is written, all day long we face, face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over all of them. Listen to what he says. He says, even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over all of them. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Listen, asking God to take you out of the challenge is a legitimate prayer. Jesus actually prayed that prayer. He said, Lord, if, if it's possible, he's in the garden. He's getting ready to face the cross. And he makes this statement, if it be possible, let this cup or this moment pass me by. But notice what he says next. He says, but nevertheless, let your will be done in my life. Folks, if we are going to proceed as God, as our trainer, we're going to proceed in the things of purpose and destiny. We must embrace that same prayer. Oh, there's going to be times where like, God, take me out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done dealing with this person. I'm done dealing with this challenge. I'm done dealing with this difficulty. But not my will, God, but your will be done. And if you're going to walk me through it, strengthen me through it. If you're not going to deliver me from it, strengthen me through it. If you're not going to take me out of it, develop me through the process. Listen, I want everything that God has for me. I want everything that God has for you. We must pray the prayer, add to me everything I need for my future. No matter what it looks like, that we can know that we're more than conquerors, that we have victory through Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, I want everything God has for me. So whatever the challenge, baby, whatever the, whatever the trainer says, if he says, drop down and give me 10, I'm going to drop down and give me 10. I'll give him 10. If he tells me to go across the street and take cookies to my neighbor, then that's what I'm going to do. If he tells me that I need to love my neighbor, then that's what I'm going to do. If he tells me I need to be more compassionate with my coworkers, then that's what I'm going to do. Why? Because he's adding something to me that will eventually be used through me. Listen, the faster we embrace what he's doing in our lives, the faster we move forward toward the promotion he has for us. The faster we embrace the process of God as our trainer, the faster we move toward the promotion 
that he has for us. God has a purpose, a promotion, a destiny for you. He's adding things through challenges to your life that will need to be used in future moments. Maybe today you, you say, Jason, I don't even know where to begin. Like I'm in the middle of this challenge. I'm in the middle of these problems. I don't even know how Jesus is going to help me. Well, first thing we must determine is, is he Lord of your life? See, because if he's not been the Lord of your life, it's going to be hard for you to recognize him in the middle of challenges. If you never met him, if you never had a relationship with him, it's going to be hard for you to recognize what he's doing in your life. Can I encourage you today? If you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, today can be a day that you say yes to him. Maybe you've been walking through this life and you've experienced the things of this life and you, you need a Savior to come in and rescue you. Listen to me. You can't save yourself. Grace is God's power to save you. His mercy will come in and there's no judgment or condemnation. We can't save ourselves. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Listen to me today. There is a love that God wants to come right in where you are. God wants to come in right there in that moment when you're sitting on your couch with your family. Maybe today, that maybe you're listening uh, in your car. But wherever you are today, the Bible says that his hand is not too short, that it cannot save. Listen to me. Invite God into your heart today. Invite Jesus into your heart and he'll wipe away the sin. The Bible says he'll make you a brand new creature as far as the east is from the west. He'll wipe away the sin. He'll wipe away the, the tarnish of this world and he'll give you a clean slate. He'll give you a, a, a fresh start. Listen to me. It's not, filled, it's not filled without challenges. We will have challenges as we just said today. And he'll take those challenges and he will develop us in all that he has for our life. Let me encourage you that if you need to know Jesus today, will you do me a favor? Will you pray with me? By faith today, believe that he died on the cross for you, that he rose from the dead for you, and he has a great purpose for you. So if you're out there and you say, Jason, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life, will you pray with me? Let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I believe today that he has a great purpose and plan for my life. And I ask today that he would come into my heart, that he would make me a new creature, that old things would pass away and all things would become new. Today, I invite him to be the Lord of my life. And today, I say that I am a child of God. Thank you for accepting me for who I am and that today you love me enough not to keep me where I am, but you have a great destiny and purpose for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a big hand clap out there. Give him a wave or give him a, 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 give a, give a like on the, on, the, on the feed there. But I want you to know if you said yes to Christ today, this is the best decision you could ever make. So matter, no matter what you face in the days to come with Jesus on the inside of you, God's going to work something in you so he can work something through you. Allow him to be your trainer during this season. If you said yes to Christ, will you do me a favor? There's a number at the bottom of your screen. Will you do me a favor and text the word hope? to that number. We want to send you some resources. We want to help you on this journey. We don't want to pester you. I just want to get some resources in your hand, congratulate you on your decision and believe and let you know that there is a church called Real Life Church that believes the best to come in your life. The very best that God has for your life is right in front of you. Today, listen, if I was with you today and I told you to look backwards 
and I'd had you look over your shoulder, I would encourage you today to know that that's the last time you look back, that God has great things in store for your future. And as he prepares you for that future, know that he's walking with you through every step. It might not feel like he's going to deliver you, but he's going to develop you. Church, let me encourage you, whatever, wherever you are in the process of God being your trainer, embrace it. Allow him to add the things into your life that's needed in order to take you to your ultimate purpose as he has made you ready, as he is making you ready for his eternal plan and purpose to happen in your life. I love you, Real Life Church. Thank you so much for those that are tuning in today. I believe the best is yet to come. Have an amazing Sunday. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.